Welcome. Another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Tanner Jones. We're going to talk about uh, Jose Canseco. I've done a, a number of player uh, episodes that uh, that really focus on the player and uh, with uh, super collectors and uh, fans and everything in between. Well, Tanner is all that and more. But uh, before we get to Tanner, thanks sponsors, Top Spinini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Tops, I mean, you know, don't want to give Tops double credit, but Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and ComC.com. Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Uh, I'll give them all a little extra mention. Uh, I guess Jose Canseco, he had uh, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, and uh, Donruss and Fleer, and, and uh, he certainly has plenty of cards. Do you know how many? Goodness, you know, I never actually. Is that different? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not necessarily that much. Um, I never actually conformed to any you know regular checklist. I went after everything: the proofs, the prototypes, the blank backs, the errors, and a lot of undocumented cards. So you know, I'm not really sure. I, I would say probably closer to about five thousand, but I just don't really know to be honest with you. <laughs> I bet it's I bet it's more. But what? Uh, so you couldn't have a want list. You just had to buy. You had to have a good memory by sight and just say, "I haven't seen this before. I'm pretty sure I don't have it." Or how did you do that? Or did you keep a master uh, Excel spreadsheet? Yeah, I actually built CansecoCollector.com, uh, which is a website is a visual searchable uh, database of everything I had. So if I was at a card show or a card shop or anything like that, I could literally pull it up on my phone, do a search and see if I had it or not. But with that said, I was so in tune with it. I, I knew pretty much right off. I, I knew if I had it or not. And you're, you're, are you very digital savvy or extremely digital savvy? Are you, are you, do you do your own, a lot of your own, uh, you know, dot com stuff? I mean, are you, did I hear that you, uh, develop websites and things like that. I mean, what, well, how, how savvy are you in, in, in those areas? Yeah. So I'm a website developer. I've uh, been doing my own thing for about 20 years. So I'm, I'm kind of a dinosaur when it comes to website developers now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. So, uh, you know, you've done custom cards too. I mean, uh, so what, uh, so are you, are you artistically inclined as well? Yeah. So my, my claim to fame um, was really the design aspect of, of website development. And so after a while, I, I just remember going on to one of the baseball card forums and saying, you know, huh, there, there's not a 2013 Topps Jose Canseco. I wonder if I can make one for myself that looks similar. And I did. And I go, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. <laughs> okay. And so uh, what did uh, Jose think about that? And, uh, you know, and Jose is famous for having a twin Aussie who, who has uh, fooled uh, some of the card companies, perhaps not you. But, uh, you know, what was Jose's take on uh, any of your custom cards or just your passion for uh, collecting all of his cards? Yeah. So gosh, one of the most rewarding things for me about these customs is um, I've got a couple of guys that I know that are really, really close friends with him. So on top of him saying that he likes my work to me, I hear constantly from these other guys, oh man, his jaw just dropped when he saw this last thing that you did of him. And so, I mean, it doesn't get much better for me as a, as a fan of, of him. You know what I mean? That's cool. What, um, what, uh, how important is autographs? Uh, you know, are you, you know, some of the super collectors I've talked to, they get all the guys, uh, base cards and regular cards. And then maybe it's when somebody has less cards than Jose. And then they embark on trying to get them all personally autographed. I mean, is that a big deal to you? Or are you trying to just collect cards in the, in the way they were originally issued? Yeah. So the way that I did it is I wanted to only get the pack pulled version of autographs, unless it was my customs, I would want him to sign them for my collection. Um, but when it came to base cards, like, you know, 87 tops, uh, I wouldn't really care a whole lot about an in-person autograph on an 87 Tops card as much as I would a buyback that was already you know signed by him from the pack. And what uh, were were, you, were your interests in Jose? And I'm wondering, you know, for the player, you know, c- compare and contrast your your love as opposed to his. 
where, where you can have appreciation of the card based on how scarce it was. And again, it, it could be visually attractive as well, but you knew how tough this was. Was that lost on Jose or did he just, what, the glitzier the better or the more ornate the better or the more metallic the better? Or did he have some appreciation of, wow, I've never seen that one before. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, so I get the feeling that he was more appreciative of the art side of things. Um, I, I don't think he really cares a whole lot about baseball cards themselves, uh, personally. Right. Right. Um, you know, there are some obvious, you know, obviously some baseball players out there that love cards and collecting, and it's so fun to be able to interact with those guys. But with Jose, I, I don't get a feeling that he really cares too terribly much about the cards themselves. Well, I'm sure he appreciates it. How did it come about that you got to meet him and spend some time with him? Was that orchestrated or how did it yeah. come about? Yeah, so um, I was actually on my way uh, back from a baseball card show a number of years ago, and uh, you know I was uh, in the middle of thinking about a flip quest. And so, for your audience, if you all don't know what a flip quest is, it's basically the you know the uh, paperclip story. You know, you come up with uh, one baseball card, you try to flip it or trade it into something bigger and better, and so on and so forth. And I had done that a number of times and, and gained some traction online with that. And so, start thinking like, what's what's the next like really big thing I can do? And it dawned on me, like, what if I had like a personal signing with, uh, with my favorite player? So I reached out to the, to his manager and, you know, we, uh, we, you know, figured it out within probably about a year or so. Do you, uh, when, when these are signed, I mean, uh, you, you probably have your own pedigree, but I know from my experiences that when I autograph a card, I got to get it authenticated apparently from my old company. So, you know, if you're having personally autographed in your site, is your word good enough when, if you're transacting a Jose Canseco autograph card that you're Tanner Jones, the, Conseco guy that it must be real or do you need to get it slabbed or stickered? Well, when it came to me having him sign things, it was my custom pieces and I don't sell those, you know, those oh, are right, just right, my right. collection. Yeah. yeah. But the other cards. So that's, I guess it's not a big deal to you. I mean, some people either, you know, I did an episode about that, but then some people just uh, think getting an autograph is, is like frosting on the cake. And then some people think it's contaminating a, a perfect art form or something. It's scribble uh, is, is probably in the eye of the beholder, but uh what uh so jose what what could jose have been if everything had broken for him in terms of you know he changed teams a lot and had some different uh, situations but if he'd been healthy and maintained his uh power and speed his 40 40 type stuff for 20 years how how um how much would we be revering him again you have to assume that all the ped stuff would uh would uh, not have been discovered perhaps but would he have barry bonds type numbers you know, it's very interesting to think about. I actually did a custom baseball card. Uh, it was a what-if card, and it talked about, you know, he tried out for the Dodgers at some point, I think, so I actually have a picture of him swinging the bat in an L.A. Dodgers uniform, and so I created a card uh, saying that he hit home run number 500 on my birthday in, like, 2004, but he retired in 2002, you know, and uh, uh, I think we will always wonder these things, and that's one thing I love so much about baseball is all of the what-ifs. What if Ted Williams or Willie Mays didn't serve, you know, what? like, what would those numbers be? But with that said, to bring it back to the actual cardboard part of, the, of things here, um, what I've started to notice in the last several years especially is the numbers don't necessarily mean a whole lot from a cardboard perspective. Um, what does is the actual uh, highlights or the personality. It could be Bo Jackson, who obviously is not a Hall of Famer. It could be Albert Bell even. And these guys, they still do really well in the hobby because uh, they're stuck forever in the minds of these collectors from the 90s. Well, at their peak, they were all they were all quality players and, you know, they, and each one of them has a, a story. Why, like I said, you multiply uh, Jose Canseco's best year times 20, <laughs> give 20 years of superstar status. He's, he's one of the greatest of all time. 
uh, and Albert Bell maybe not so much, but but still he had some great years and was and had a and he had a persona. You know, he wasn't and like I forget who the other guy said, but you know, oh Bo Jackson. I mean, talk about a cultural icon. So yeah, so they're going to have a following, and that, and that's good. It's not always well. I mean, there's there's uh, sustained excellence is always appreciated, but you know, if you had uh, the excellence uh, over a shorter period of time, you may not be able to get in the Hall of Fame, but you certainly are going to have a loyal a fan following that's that endures. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that probably. Uh, when it comes to numbers, everybody loves and appreciates the, you know, 3000 hits from Tony Gwynn or, you know, the 5,000 strikeouts of Nolan Ryan. But you know what a lot of people remember is, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura's scuffle. They remember Bo Jackson running up the wall. And they also remember when Bo Jackson struck out, then him breaking the bat over, oh, his, over, his, over his thigh or whatever. Gosh, I don't know. No, no match. Yeah. I mean, those are just cultural moments. And uh, a lot of those are kind of at some point captured, uh, on cards and certainly captured in the memory. Uh, well, I've got a question for you. So you, you had, uh, you bought collections and if you bought a collection that was heavy on Conseco, uh, that would be a good thing. You'd be hoping that there would be some Consecos in there that you needed, even mm-hmm. though toward the end, I bet you didn't need uh, any of the common Conseco cards, but just for sake of argument, and I've run this by another person. If you had, if, if somebody if somebody had a lot on eBay with a with a murky picture, you couldn't see exactly all. But it's two hundred different Jose Canseco cards for X X price. And then there's another person that has four hundred assorted Consecos. Again, you can't see exactly what's there. My thesis was two hundred different is going to sell for almost the same price as four hundred assorted hmm. because people don't want duplicates. Yeah, I would agree with that. Really, yeah. So you you would agree with that? So I mean, basically, people would want the two hundred different because like, well, I'm getting I'm getting completely different cards. I don't know what I'm getting with these four hundred assorted. I mean, it's not going to be four hundred all the same. You can tell from the picture there's not four different you know hundred of each of you know four different cards. But but most people just want what they want, right? Yeah, you know, and I think probably it really depends on uh, the season of collecting they're in. So if somebody says all of a sudden they have like this awakening, like they listen to our podcast right here, and they go. Jose Canseco, I remember that guy. I think I'm going to start collecting him. Exactly. They will probably go to the 400 card lot, but somebody that's been collecting a little more and they're like, well, I don't really care about having, you know, 47 different 89 score. Um, you know, maybe I'll take a look at the one that there's only one of each. So that's, um, and it's kind of, it's kind of a difficult thing. It's, it's funny at the end. I remember going to a baseball card show, like the TriStar show here and standing and just looking out at this sea of tables and realizing after going year in year out that nobody's got a single Conseco that I don't have. And it's like, well, why am I here? (laughs) You know? And uh, that's kind of what it gets to be some point, unless you want to look into collecting other players or sets or teams or whatever. So what did you do about that? How did you maintain your, uh, your interest? Cause Jose has uh, tons of cards, but you know, when you're uh, diligent uh, and focused, like you were, you, you kind of got toward the end of the line where, so what, what did you, well, we're, we're almost out of time, time. So I just, can you wrap it up by saying what you did uh, at that, how you pivoted as well as what your, um, where people can find you again, you've written an excellent book that's titled in a way that might be off putting, but just get Tanner Jones book uh, <laughs> fans and, and you'll, you'll get a great read, but where can people uh, track you on social media as well as uh, what, what are your collecting interests now? How do you bide your time when you're, when uh, besides uh, looking for that very few Consecos that you still need. 
Yeah, sure. So I, I still do continue to look for just very special Conseco cards I love. I've, I've got a collection I'm super proud of and happy with. Um, I also look into vintage. So I really, really enjoy pre-war uh, graded vintage. So and, and the high-end guys, but in low grades. So we're talking authentic ones, twos, as long as it presents very nicely. Um, I, I love 19th century cards, especially. I mean, those are just the coolest things ever, I think. Um, as far as finding me, you know, you can find me at tanmanbaseballfan.com. Uh, Twitter, TanmanBBFan, Facebook, Tanner Jones. I'm pretty much everywhere. You just you type in Tanman Baseball Fan, you'll find me. <laughs> well, thanks, Tanner. An enjoyable uh, meandering through your uh, wonderful hobby journey. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially me, you know, being able to read your book and vicariously uh, uh, stroll through your um, ups and downs, mostly ups, and, uh, you know, Jose Canseco being a big part of that. So I hope Jose, Can- Jose Canseco fans appreciated this episode. Uh, you and I will uh, will uh, maintain our conversation uh, at another day, and maybe we'll pick up on uh, some of your interest in uh, in vintage. Again, as, as uh, the listeners know, I love moving things around and doing different episodes, and Tanner's uh, versatile as I try to be with having interest in newer and older and everything in between. So uh, thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow. Thanks, Tanner. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man.